first day of Christmas my true love sent to me A partridge in a pear tree On the second day of Christmas my true love sent to me Two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree On the third day of Christmas my true love sent to me Three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me five golden rings four calling birds three french hens two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree Saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke Santas. Nah, I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke Santas. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. Get down, girl, go ahead. It's showtime. Is old Kenny here with you for a brand new episode of the Kenny Ho Show, just in time for Christmas. And I believe, if I'm correct, this is also happening during Hanukkah. And I'm not 100% sure, but it might also just be in time for Kwanzaa? But one way or another, it is a good day. Sure, it's probably not a great time for everybody. Uh, it's probably the worst holiday season of all time for, for many. Uh, you know, with that invisible killer disease out there that's not only killing people, but also killing the economy, which will slowly kill us all. But never mind that bullshit. Did you just watch The Mandalorian like I did? I'm recording moments after watching what I can only describe as the greatest, not only Mandalorian episode of all time. I, I know, it's, it's only been a couple years. It's only literally been 16 episodes. But this thing takes a cake like nobody's business. It set the bar so high, I don't know how they're going to top it next year. I mean, they don't need to. They just need to get it close, but that even that's a tall task. But this has got to be the greatest Star Wars, well, even episode. This, what is it, like, usually it's like 20, 30 minute episode, is much better than the last three episodes of Star Wars we got. That's not saying anything, but this thing just beat out Rogue One in my heart. And that takes a lot. Rogue One was so good. Rogue One kind of paved the way. They they figured it out. 
and Mandalorian went in that same direction and just went even further and took it to the next level. I mean, to be fair, they they get eight shots a year to do that, and Rogue One was a one-shot, which I was very surprised by, that they, you know, didn't find a way to keep at least a couple of the people alive, keep Jin and Cassian Andor alive, so they can milk a franchise out of it. That franchise I would have been down for. Imagine a Disney Plus show with the entire crew of Rogue One. Now, I know they're doing the prequel, so more than likely you're going to run into a couple of familiar faces, but it's not the same. They're not the crew of Rogue One. Jin Erso hasn't even met Cassian Andor yet. But I digress. I'm getting off topic. That episode was so unbelievable. The final episode of the season for The Mandalorian. I've never made noises. I've never cheered like that in my life. Like when they launched TIE Fighters, the way they did it, it was just so epic. It was so nostalgic. They took something that was that has always been beloved uh, in my eyes, in my life, uh, throughout my entire life, from childhood until, you know, man-childhood. And they did it justice. Even the pilot. I'm like, oh my god, there's a TIE Fighter pilot. And even within its own lore, even within its own show, the fact that they brought back Bo-Katan... And Sasha Banks! The whole time during that fight scene with Boba Fett, I was just singing the the theme song to, to Sasha Banks. Had a dream, I had it made. And of course, Boba Fett. It's so awesome. Like, I've never been a major Boba Fett fan. Never hated him or anything. I don't mean like that I hated him or anything like that. It was just, he was never my guy. He was always Luke and Anakin. Qui-Gon Jinn before he became a neglectful father who somehow lost his daughter not once, not twice, but three times? Come on, man. Put a lock on her door. And, of course, Padme Amidala as I look up at her poster on my wall. But, of course, for very, very different reasons. Where the other guys, it's... I'm interested in their lightsaber skills. Hmm. That came off awfully gay. But I'm just gonna plow right through here... I was into Padme Amidala. Well, at least my lightsaber was. Ba-dum-tsh. Yeah, and throughout the episode, the action was really nice. Uh, all them... This is the only time I've ever cheered on girl power. I legit caught myself yelling out, Yeah, girl power! When Sasha Banks and, uh, and co. there went and plowed through all those stormtroopers. It was very satisfying. I, I understand, like, stormtroopers always get their asses whooped. But maybe because it was the stakes. Baby Yoda was at stake here. So I was really hoping this weren't that off chance where they got like a legit stormtrooper who's actually been practicing his uh, shooting skills. Who's actually spent some time in the range. I mean, what are you doing? You're in space. What else is there to do but practice your gun skills? I, if I were a stormtrooper, first of all, PTSD within the first like 20 minutes. Haven't even touched a weapon. But the way uh, the sergeant or corporal or whatever, the way he talks to me guarantee you i'm like i got ptsd i can't do this oh my goodness send me back home or shoot me i don't want to deal with that shit when i go back home oh day and night i'll just be thinking about how much of a prick this guy is but then my mind will fight me on it and say he's not and that i deserved it you better believe the first time i see a jedi i'm running right at him kill me and that one-on-one between mando and moff gideon holy shit that was surprisingly satisfying that best par's staff, best invention, 
Like he was, he was able to use it in a way that was really satisfying, really like, I want to say innovative. It was just different. I don't believe I've ever seen anything like that before. But of course, what stole the show was when that X-Wing flew in. I'm not going to lie. I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was just a buddy from Kim's convenience there. I thought the, the move was he flies in first and then was a, I think it was Gina Carano's character where she was like, oh, wow, one X-Wing. And then I thought the, the twist there was going to be the entire fleet of X-Wing comes in. That would have been very satisfying. But nope, they're like, puny mortal, think bigger. And it didn't register with me. It didn't hit me until, who was it? Was Sasha Banks or Mulan there that was like, X-Wing, identify yourself. And when there was no reply, I was like, oh my God, it's Luke. And I still wasn't sure. I got really excited. I literally jumped out of my seat a little bit, but I wasn't sure when they did the camera from behind. He was walking. I thought it was a woman. For a second, I'm like, oh, maybe it's just Ahsoka. I'm like, I'm okay with that too. But I'm like, oh, maybe Mara Jade? But it's definitely a chick, right? I was definitely wrong. And thank goodness, finally, after all these friggin' years, finally somebody does justice to Luke Skywalker. In hindsight, I mean, at the time I agreed with it, but in hindsight, knowing what I do now is, hey, you're only young once. I feel like George Lucas should have done 7, 8, and 9 while he still had Mark Hamill and the gang in their prime, or at least close to it, still young. It would have been nice to see Princess Leia closer to what I remember her as. You know, dreamy, regal, gorgeous. Even better when you put her in the Jabba the Hutt sleeve outfit. But even if it wasn't that... Anything other than Han, it's me, Leia. Where's our super Jewish looking son? But even if not that, even if they, because if they had gone down that route, I wouldn't have got Natalie Portman as Queen Amidala. So it's fine. It worked out all right. Um, I mean, in ways, it worked out very well. But they still could have done it instead of. The Force Awakens and certainly done in place of the friggin' Last Jedi. That was literally their last chance with Princess Leia. And they certainly made it their last chance with Luke by killing him off. Now, I don't know what the plan is. Are they going to retcon it? They're like the Mandalorian just ignores that those other three movies happened. I hope that's the move because... They're kind of fixing everything that was wrong with the new stuff. You know, they're taking Clone Wars prequel stuff and making it super, super badass. You know, to me, the worst thing that the, amongst many, that the the new, the, the, the sequel trilogy did was they shat all over everything that came before it. Yeah, we want to recapture the essence of star wars oh that's a really great idea you should try to recapture because that's one thing i did like about the force awakens it felt like an old star wars movie mostly because it basically was the old star wars movie just with far less likable characters but that's just exactly it right 
instead of just trying to capture the feel of the original movie, they're like, let's just, let's just bring it all back. Let's just basically reboot it. Rebels versus Alliance, that's huge. You know how much money George Lucas made off of that? Let's bring that back. It may not make a whole lot of sense, but it's going to make a lot of dollars and cents. Because it really didn't make any sense. There's no freaking way that a New Republic under Leia's watch, under Luke's watch, would fail so bad. And somehow, the like, I, you can even argue that stuff, the rebel stuff, but how the hell did the Empire not only come back, but bigger and better than ever? Like, Clone Palpatine, didn't he have a bigger fleet than I remember him having in the original movies? I'm like, so... Did you keep this as plan B? You're like, well, if I should fall, let me just have a greater army than I used to just in case. I'm like, guy, you could have had that in the original trilogy and you don't get to the point where you look even more decrepit than you did back in the day because of a shoddy cloning technology process, huh? But this show totally takes you onto the ground level And depicts a more realistic empire and a struggle for resurgence. Because it does make sense. The empire is still out there. At least the remnants of the empire. But Kim's Convenience Guy, perfect example of, and you know, uh, deputizing Gina Carano. It depicts a world where the New Republic is strong. They're in charge, but they need help. They're still growing There's still the Empire, remnants of the Empire out there who, of course, want their old way. There's there's neo-Nazis now. So it's just a more authentic feel. Just because Palpatine's dead, just because your Death Star's uh, your second Death Star, which, I mean, how, how much did that cost, right? That's probably the reason why the Empire failed. They're like, oh, we'd love to keep going, but we don't got no cash to keep going. You know how much money two Death Stars cost? We hadn't even paid for the first one in full, and it got blown up. You know how many people Darth Vader had to choke out with his mind to get us a loan to build the second one? We're done for. But then there's, of course, those hardcore fanatics that are keeping the dream, I guess, alive. Guys like Moff Gideon, Thrawn, all these guys still exist. There's still remnants of the Empire, and this show depicts that perfectly. And you know what else they do perfectly? Jedi. The lightsaber skills got so sloppy in 7, 8, and 9. Like, it kind of made sense in the first one in 7. Well, you know, no, it doesn't make sense because Rey's a woman and she should be good at everything she puts her mind to. So she should have been better than Anakin Skywalker with the lightsaber. It made absolutely no sense that she wasn't. But it did make sense that... Kylo Ren wasn't good at it because he was pretty new to the game. But never mind those shitty movies. All I know is Mandalorian got it right. Ahsoka's amazing with the lightsaber. Like, I want to say she was even more impressive lightsaber-wise than Luke was. Or maybe it was just the way it was shot. It was so beautiful and so impressive. But that's not to take anything away from Luke because when he showed up and when the lightsaber was green i nearly fell out of my chair i'm not gonna lie it was i'm like it's luke it's luke because up until then as i said i thought maybe it's a woman but when it's a green lightsaber you know that's my guy that's luke skywalker 
actually need to go back and rewatch it because I was so caught up in emotions and such. I probably missed half the fight. All I know was, but I did take in enough to be like, that's like Anakin. That's how Anakin used to fight. You know, a little lightsaber behind the back, a little deflect the beam off the back. Like just free flowing and moving around and and just being a badass, being powerful, finally fulfilling what Luke Skywalker is supposed to be. Like when those original movies came out, CG and special effects in general were limited. And yes, George Lucas did a good job of explaining away why that was. That, uh, you know, his, his, limit, his lightsaber skills were limited because he got taught by Obi-Wan, who was an old man. And the other uh, Sith that was alive was half man, half machine. Probably a little bit more machine than man, even. But you gotta assume he'd find a holocron eventually and watch a couple of... Uh, some footage of his old man doing his thing, you know? Or much like those stormtroopers... I'm in space. What the hell am I doing? There's no Xbox. There's no PlayStation. It's like, what the hell are you doing with your time? I would just be practicing the lightsaber skills all day long. I'd be like, oh, you know what? I, I don't have to just be so robotic with it. I can move around. I can do some twirls and some spins with it. Hell, maybe he runs into Ahsoka and he's like, your, your lightsaber skills are so superior to mine. She's like, well, I learned from your daddy. I don't know why I just took on the the role of a sassy black chick that's not ahsoka even the power of the force cannot subside my racism all the time only most of the time but outside of the logic outside of how technically it could or couldn't have happened never mind all that to me luke has never been fully fulfilled and they finally fulfilled him here. His lightsaber skills were really, really wonderful. But they showed his force powers. They finally did it. Remember how I said he should have done it to those At-Ats in The Last Jedi where he should have used his mind to crush it? He did it. As he was doing it, I'm like, oh, that's my move. He's doing my move. He used the force to crush the shit out of that dark trooper. Yes. Yes. Somebody who actually understands Star Wars and the potential of Jedi. Somebody who gets what fans want. Jon Favreau, Dave Filoni, they're the guys. They get me. That moment where Luke crushed that dirty, filthy robot. It, I'm telling you, it made my year. Even my, I'm sure my depression will never let that happen. Like, I'm sure by the end of the day, I'll be like, oh, I got my, all my problems still. Still can never be happy. Oh, I, didn't, I wasn't even trying to do an Eeyore voice. I just spoke from the heart, and it turns out Eeyore's a real one. He knows. He knows how tough life is and what a bitch mental health issues are, right? But my dude, Luke, is back. I mean, the CGI isn't amazing on him. But I don't even care. I get the gist. I know that's supposed to be Luke. I'm down. Good enough. I got freaked out, though. I, at the end there, I thought they were going to show me a different Jedi. I would have been like, oh, this is... You robbed me. You can't tease an X-Wing. You can't tease the, the leather glove. You can't tease a, a green lightsaber and not have Luke Skywalker. More importantly, you cannot have anyone else play Luke Skywalker. It has to be Mark Hamill. And I was reading... I don't like going on Twitter. 
I don't give a shit about people's opinions, so I don't like going on there. I was just trying to look up if Mark Hamill was saying anything about it, so I read a few tweets, and I I, I taken it from the context that people wanted uh, Sebastian Stan to play Luke, and uh, they those people can bite me. Those are the same people who probably love The Last Jedi. They can eat my shorts, all right? Much like Han Solo is Harrison Ford, Luke Skywalker will always be Mark Hamill. And if they ever try to reboot it, if they ever try to do anything different with it, count me out. In my mind, it doesn't exist. And had they have gone down that road, they're like, yeah, because we're going to do a young Luke series with Sebastian Stan. I would have rioted. I would have canceled Disney+. Plus. Oh, because I'm about to get to the other reason I might cancel Disney+. Plus. But in this moment, let's let's be happy for, well, me, because I'm thrilled about Luke being back. But I'm not crazy about Baby Yoda going away. I mean, I, y- you had to, because I think you, there, there are different tales you can tell with Mandalorian, with him not having to always uh, watch after the Baby Yoda. I mean, it won't be the same. I won't be like, first thing Friday morning, every single week I'm watching it. It'll be like, yeah, I'll get to it, I guess. They put Luke back in there. I watch it. Same shit. First, first thing in the morning. Oh, but that moment where Baby Yoda was touching Mando's uh, helmet, I was just like, "Give him a big kiss, man. Take your helmet off and give him a big kiss." And he did it. He took his helmet off. I'm like, "Are you gonna give him a big kiss now?" I'm like two for two today on this show, and he didn't do it. I guess he's manlier than I am, but believe me, if I had a baby Yoda, and even if I were a Mandalorian, they're like, you could never take your helmet off. I'm like, Sasha Banks does it, and Sasha Banks is cool. I'm taking my helmet off and kissing this baby Yoda all day or day. He's going to be so coddled, he's definitely going to the dark side. But when uh, baby Yoda touched uh, Mando's face, and he nearly cried, it damn near broke my heart. I'm like, oh my goodness. I can't do this. I can't do season three without a baby Yoda. But he'll definitely be back. He's the moneymaker. They're not keeping the moneymaker out of the show. It's like if McDonald's took the McChicken off the menu. They're like, yeah, you could still have this quarter pounder with cheese. I'm like, you want to die or something? Never say things like that to me. And even though I like Mando, I think he's a great character. I like uh, the voice. He's a badass. I guess he'd be like the Big Mac of uh, the Mandalorian. But I I like McChicken better. Put the McChicken back on the menu, McDonald's. And I'm metaphorically speaking, I mean, put Baby Yoda back on the show, Disney Plus. Because even though I give the Mandalorian episode 16, I guess chapter 16, episode 8 of season 2, one million teardrops on my guitar out of a possible 10... You're still walking on thin ice with me because even though old Sanner, here we go, this is how I get into the Christmas edition of the show. I had all this stuff planned in my head. I'm like, this is how I'll start the show and these are the topics and then we go over here. But then the greatest episode of all time of The Mandalorian dropped and all that went out the window, but here comes the segue. It's very nice that Old Saint Nick finally gave old Kenny a great Christmas present in the form of my dude Luke Skywalker coming on home. That's that's the greatest gift of all time. Well, actually, if he got me a uh, sideshow 
Baby Yoda replica, that's the greatest gift of all time. But shy of that, this was pretty damn good. But because it's old Kenny, he said, well, old Kenny, I don't usually stop by your house, but since I'm here anyway, let me drop off this wonderful gift, but also drop off a couple lumps of coal just so you don't think things are changing. Don't get too comfortable with happiness, son. But before I get to those lumps of coal, I just had something I wanted to talk about. In regards to Santa bringing gifts, I remember when I was a kid. I would watch all the movies and all the TV shows. And and it was a known fact that Santa always entered your home through the chimney. I live in an apartment building. I've always lived in an apartment building. Uh, so... I never had a chimney, so as a kid, I'm like, oh, I guess Santa doesn't come to my house because I live in an apartment building. There is one part of my inferiority complex. There's like 75 million other parts to it, and like 74 million of it uh, comes from my mother. But um, one part of it comes from Santa being a classist, classless piece of shit. I wouldn't be surprised if Santa skipped this entire neighborhood because my neighborhood, not a lot of houses, mostly apartment buildings, and the few houses that are nearby are halfway houses. I gotta believe Santa ain't dropping off gifts to the kids who are born with methadone in their blood. So if you break it down and look at the numbers and look at the math, It looks like Santa Claus is just dropping off presents to people who own homes, to kids who own houses, and skipping over the shit neighborhoods, the kids who live in apartment buildings. I didn't understand it then, but I understand it now. It turns out Santa's got a preferred list, and it's not the list of good girls and boys versus the bad girls and boys. That's marketing. That's PR. He's got a list of kids who come from money. In other words, Santa's visits is yet another perk of white privilege. That's right. Santa Claus is a white supremacist. I was the best kid. I was super nice, looked out for everybody, had a heart twice the size of my body. And he never brought me a damn thing. And now this year, he's hit me up with yet another two lumps of coal to go with the mountain of coal I got stacked up from all the years Santa's bringing them to my house. I got so much, I can start my own mine. I mean, at this point, I probably would not be on the the nice list. No, I would be on the nice list. I'm a nice guy. Horribly racist. But I'm nice. I'm maybe not a good guy, but that's not the criteria. But regardless, he brought me a lump of coal in the, in the, in the form of Giannis Antetokounmpo being a damn fool and signing long-term with the Milwaukee Bucks, caposhing any opportunity that he was coming up north. And from what I've read from the very reliable Mark J. Spears, who looks like a damn fool without his glasses. He should, uh, I don't know if he did LASIK or just uh, contacts, but just 
put on some glasses. Even if you're like a douchebag and uh, don't have the 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 lens, just the frame, like an ass wipe hipster. I'll make the exception. Uh, Mr. Spears, put on your glasses. You look like a damn foo. But he said, if Giannis is going anywhere, it's Toronto because of his relationship with Masai. And I think the other option was Miami, but they spent their money on Bam. So I was like, yes, we're going to have a superstar again. I mean, the last stint was so fast and uh, abbreviated. I just remember being like, oh, this is weird. We're a contender this year. At one point, we became a championship favorite. I'm like, this is really weird. Even during the Vince Carter days, we weren't a championship favorite. Electrifying as hell. Slam dunk champion favorites, absolutely. But nothing else. And that Bogdanovich trade had gone, uh, hadn't gone through, it fell through. And I was so thrilled. I'm like, yes, it's all working in my favor. Giannis, baby! And I was hearing all kinds of reports that he wasn't going to sign. Certainly not before the season. He wanted to play it out. And there's a good chance he's leaving. I'm like, yes, he's coming to Toronto. And then, of course, all that fell apart. Santa threw his first lump of coal through my window. He said, hey, how do you expect me to get into your house, you poor mofo? You poor son of a bitch? You don't have a chimney for my jolly fat ass to get through. Ho, ho, ho. I mean, dude, just it's bad enough that you shit-talked me, but now you vandalized my home? What is this? The 1900s in the Deep South and I'm black? What is this shit? But yeah, friggin' freak there. Signed. Five years. Is, we, we're not even ever gonna get him. I wouldn't trade anything for him. He's damn good, but you can't be giving up your core. He's not so transcendent that him plus like a cast of nobodies is going to get it done. It's clear he needs a very good team around him. And we had that very good team. Had he had just said, screw you, Milwaukee. Screw you and your Brewers. I don't know anything about Milwaukee other than the Brewers. I'm assuming it's kind of like a boring white town. I imagine everybody looks like Ernie Johnson down there. I mean, it's probably a great place for his kid to grow up. So, damn it. Giannis, why the hell did you have kids? You're a damn foo. Aren't you like 25, 26? Why are you even married? Or if you're married, you don't give that girl the privilege of tying you down and living in the lap of luxury. I was going to say, do what Paul George did, but it's not, don't do what Paul George did. He left like a legit girl, like a, a wifey type of girl for a stripper. It's one thing if you leave that girl and you nail a bunch of strippers, but this guy got married to one and had two kids with her. He's a, he's a bigger fool than Giannis. But now I have to cheer against this guy. I now have to... Hope he never wins a title. I hope he regrets signing in Milwaukee because we got a better team up here. We got the better coach. Man, we're electric and exciting and damn good with no true superstar. And a guy that I guess is technically an all-star, but he's not really that good. Yet we're in the conversation every single year. And if he had just shown up here, we would have gotten it done. We could have got it done. We have three-point shooting. That's what he needs. He needs to run up to the basket and dunk. And when in the playoffs he can't do that, he needs to run towards the basket. And as everybody builds a wall, he needs to kick it out to one of our three-point shooters. We have those here, you fool. But that is nothing compared to the second lump of coal 
Old fat-ass Saint Nick threw through my window, took out the other window with the greatest lump of coal, the worst lump of coal, let's put it that way, of all time. He took away my dream of ever seeing more Lizzie McGuire. I'll never live this down. You know how excited I was when they announced the new Lizzie McGuire? I came on here and sang the theme song. I was ecstatic. I was thrilled. I'm like, this is what I've been dreaming about for the past, let's be realistic, maybe not the past five years, but certainly like 10 years before then. Because there was always a rumor that they were going to do more Lizzie McGuire in high school uh, on ABC, but they never went through with it because uh, Hillary Duff was like, so you know how I used to make, oh, like 20 grand an episode? Now I want 200 grand an episode. Or maybe even $2 million an episode. I just want a lot, a lot of mouse money. And they said, hey, listen, we don't need you. You can eat our shorts. We got this diamond in the rough here. This girl is going to replace you. Step up, Lindsay. And it took her about 30 seconds to realize they were talking to her. And then like two minutes to step up to face Hillary Duff because she was on a three-day coke bender. It was a little bit out of it. And as Hillary laughed in Duff, they're like, you haven't won yet. We've got this other diamond in the rough. Step up, Miley. And after Miley was done giving some enthusiastic dances at the Boom Boom Club, Hillary basically retired from the game. She said, I've done it all. Whereas if everything I hear is correct, Miley and Lindsay combined have done them all. But they were finally going to do it. Hillary Duff back as Lizzie McGuire with modern day sensibilities and storytelling. And she got a real nice body now. Yeah, I think she may have been like 13 when she first started. So I don't know. I wasn't even as a 15, 16 year old. I was a face guy, not a boob guy or a butt guy. So I wasn't looking. But now the face is still there. But then you get the other two things. But nope. Too good to be true. Hillary Duff wanted to do some mature uh, life-imitating art bullshit where uh, her fiancé or whatever cheated on her just like her real-life former husband, ex-husband cheated on her. And uh, that was too adult for the mouse. So I, I, I honestly, I see both sides of the coin here. I can see why Hillary Duff wanted to do something that was more true to her. Something that, I don't know, I guess artistically could be satisfying for her. But on the other side of the coin, this is Disney magic. Why the hell are we going down that path? And honestly, I'm mad at both sides. I'm mad at Hillary Duff for insisting, we got to do this like real life. Instead of just being like, you know what? Screw real life. Let's do a show that's nothing like my real life. Let us do a show that's like innocent and magical like the original Diz- uh, Lizzie McGuire. And Disney, what the hell? You know how many Disney Plus subscriptions you sold because you announced Lizzie McGuire was coming back? At least one. At least me. But I know not just me. I, I'm almost certain you sold thousands of Disney Plus subscriptions because of Lizzie McGuire. So at that point, she's paid for herself. Who gives a shit what she does? Your main objective is to sell this channel. Sell this streaming platform. She's doing that for you. 
You don't have to put her in the, the marketing material if you don't want to. You can put, you know, 15 seconds of Mando and then 45 seconds of Baby Yoda and I'm a happy camper. You never need to show Lizzie McGuire if you don't back it. Just You just have to back it in the sense that you put money in Hillary Duff's pockets so she keeps coming back to do more. That's all that needed to happen. You didn't need to put your foot down and be like, we stand for Disney magic. We stand for Disney magic. Oh-ho! Listen, the mouse is cool, but the human overlords are all evil. You're in business with Kathleen Kennedy and her forces female bullshit. Your brand is plenty tarnished. But at the end of the day, if you come out with something people want to watch, we don't care about any of that. So they should have just been like, All right, Hillary. You're the executive producer. Here's your budget. Stay on budget. Try not to do any blackface or white supremacist shit on there. We don't really want to deal with that. But outside of that, have at it. Have fun with the brand new Lizzie McGuire show. Because I know I will. From the bonus I'm getting, from the amount of subscriptions your show alone is bringing this company. That's it. That's all it needed to be. Disney needed to shut the hell up and let Hillary Duff do her thing. Or Hillary needed to be like, you know what? Magic and innocence it is. Or for the love of Christ, could y'all not come to an agreement, some sort of compromise? Yes, you can have... A backstory that contains uh, adultery, drugs if you want. Hell, you could have a backstory that contains and that you allude to you killing your ex-fiance and his harem of hoes. So, so like a 15-person homicide and a Louisville slugger to both headlights. And we don't care. Just never show it and never talk about it. Have that in your mind. Know that's where your character is coming from. And if that informs your acting, so be it. This is the problem with the Duff winning the war. If this were Lindsay Lohan, she's like, All right, so who, how many mans do I have to whack off to get me a, I don't know any of her movies, so I'll say a Lizzie McGuire reboot. Whereas Hillary Duff, she's like, I'm happy. I'm good. I have another acting gig. I'm on that shitty show, Younger. I don't know that as shitty, but I assume it's shitty. Isn't it like a Sex in the City type of situation? She's getting juked on that show. That's a shitty show as far as I'm concerned. And it gave her the safety net to say no to Lizzie McGuire. That's the worst show I've ever seen then. Bah, humbug.